Moments after launching, a homemade rocket crashed into the open desert in California Saturday. On board, Mike Hughes. It would be the final act of the self-styled daredevil known as Mad Mike. His mission was to fly to the edge of outer space to ultimately see whether the Earth is flat. I'm the best hope to prove to flat Earth. Um, so you remember, you remember James, the the guy who actually let, hooked us up with the shitty Christians. Yeah, the cigarette, the Sig Rejector now. Sig Rejector now at Sig underscore Rejector. Yeah, he uh, he messaged me, um, and he wanted to set the record straight. So I'm gonna read uh -oh. a, a a redaction he wants from us. He's he's pretty pissed. Is he really? Yes, he's very angry. Um, oh, he yeah. says. Uh, I have never simped for anyone unironically. Is Kathy a lovely lady? Yes. Is she talented and funny? Also, yes. Would I hypothetically kiss her on the lips? Most definitely. But simping... Now, hold on. That's beyond the pale. I expect a retraction on the next pod. Thank you. <laughs> We're sorry, James. We're, we're, we've, we're really we've misrepresented sorry. your character. Um, we've we've slandered you, and we we apologize. That's that that's a bold statement we made. We you know we thought you were a simp, and we turns out turns out uh, you're not. So you made it clear. You made it but, clear. But we would still like to, if possible. Get Kathy on the show. Get you on the show. Maybe just see if some magic happens. See, not simping. We'll just. Blind date on the show <laughs> live. Well, speaking of uh, blind date, it's yeah. time for the love dare. Yeah. Oh boy, this will be this will be an exciting this one. This is gonna be weird. Uh, <laughs> let me load it up real quick. Uh, yeah. So for those who have not been listening to the show, if this is your first episode or for whatever reason or what I don't know, uh, we're working our way through the the Christian uh, marriage counseling book, The Love Dare, and and every episode i have to do uh, a love dare to fix jared and i's broken uh and falling apart podcast marriage uh so we're, we're on episode four or day four love is thoughtful starts with psalms 139 17 through 18 which says how precious also are your thoughts to me how vast is the sum of them if i should count them they would outnumber the sand hmm. today's dare Contact your spouse slash co-host mm -hmm. sometime during the business of the day. Have no agenda other than asking how he or she is doing and if there is anything you could do for them. Uh, I felt really bad about this one. <laughs> I, tell tell I, us why. Because I did do that. And then Jared did have a bad day. And then the whole time when you talked to me about it, uh, I just knew in the back of my head, I was like, I did not authentically reach him, reach out to him. I did this because of this damn love dare bit. And you know, the, the worst part is I got that text and I was like, huh, that's, that's out of character. But you know, Josiah and I have been friends for a long time, you know, and that actually was really thoughtful. And, and I felt quite a bit better actually getting that because, again, I had just walked out of the bathroom trying to bring my heart rate down from like 120 back to maybe 90 because I was mid panic attack in the middle of the office. So <laughs> This happens so enough that I have a routine for it and it works. <laughs> 
So I will say maybe in a way the love dare is actually doing beyond a bit some really nice, nice, good things. Um, Honestly, I think that I think that Kirk Cameron was onto something. Uh, I think you know, you know, I, the 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 spirit of the love dare is present and alive with us. And honestly, maybe I'll even stop cheating on Josiah. Who knows? Yeah, I I, I really hope you do. So some of you may have noticed that I have taken a hiatus from Twitter. Um, I have a lot going on at the moment. Things are very busy and very stressful. Hence the whole thing with the love dare. Uh, life is rough, turns out. And I, I will be taking about a two, two to three, maybe four, probably more on the two to three side, um, week hiatus from the podcast while I try and pick up the fragmented pieces of my life and try and push them together in some sort of meaningful way. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what that means for the podcast is there will for sure be content next Monday. Um, we're going to put out the unreleased first episode of the podcast about the moon, the moon landing hoax. Uh, this was recorded back, what, in 28, end of 2018, beginning of 2019. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that'll be cool. Um, and then I'll probably, depending on how long the hiatus happens, I'll, I'll probably try to cook something up to just post some bonus episodes just to keep you guys from uh, forgetting that we're here. Um, but, you know, podcasting's not uh, all we do, as you, uh, you know. I'm shocked. Oh, you're shocked you're here to hear. So. I know, right? <laughs> so we uh, we wish Jared a, a good sabbatical. Hey, thanks. <laughs> I, I promise I won't have fun. This will not be relaxing. <laughs> this is not going to be an enjoyable time for me. Oh, fuck. But... I'm sorry, man. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, it turns out, turns out sometimes you just got to take a break. Yeah. I from the fun that. things in your life so that you can focus on the things you hate. Yeah, um, the things that are, are terrible, yeah. Right. <laughs> so that I can focus on what's actively making my life worse and, uh, you know, step away from the things that I enjoy and get a, get a lot of fun, <laughs> stress relief out of. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, cool. That's, uh, so that's what's that's going that. on there. You know, there's, there is one thing that I think would substantially improve my life. And it's it's within your power to do. We only have four Patreons. Our <laughs> <laughs> very legal, very cool Patreon page. And frankly, uh, you know, if if we brought that number to five, seven, even twenty-four, um, that would that would really make my uh, my li- miserable hellscape of an existence just that much better. If we could just bring that Patreon number to uh, a workable salary. That two gentlemen <laughs> could live off of, then that that would be uh, that would be wonderful. We're looking low to mid six figures starting, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and whatever Josiah oh. needs. Hey, what, <laughs> uh, enough for a cardboard box, um, ah, and yes. and yeah, a library card <laughs> so that I can use the Wi-Fi for the podcast. <laughs> Well, you know, they say having fun is not hard when you get yourself a library card. So support uh, your public libraries and be legal, be cool oh, on shit. Patreon. Starting out with Patreon. Now that that's a bold move.
you know, you gotta you gotta keep things interesting, right? You gotta mix it up yeah, every now and mix again. Mix it up. Yeah. Right. So Well that let's let's move on then and let's let's get on to the actual episode, which I'm really fucking excited about because today Hell, yeah. today is I think the topic one of the topics that birthed this this show. MK Ultra yes. and this was this is the other one. The other mm-hmm. topic, the Flat Earth Society. This is it. Flat Earth oh, Society. Fuck. Not just the society, but the whole thing. Just the yeah. whole the whole flat earth thing. All right. And as well, we all know, back in God. the Christopher Columbus days, everyone believed in the flat earth. We'll address that after the music. Welcome to Very Legal, Very Cool, an episode about globe heads. Hell yeah, where's the curve, motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> Coming at this new episode on a new laptop, so that's cool. Ooh, oh yeah, you got your new, uh, you got your new MacBook. Yeah, it's it was a whole ass thing. I don't know how well that story is going to translate <laughs> in podcast format, but you know yeah. what? If if you want to tell it, you tell it. Uh, our maybe our not. listeners are a captive audience. Yeah, fine. Oh yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know how, but uh, on my order for the Mac, my MacBook Pro. Uh, my address from two or three years ago got like auto filled into it or something. I don't know how that happens. And I found out that happened because, uh, if you buy a new MacBook, it comes with a free set of AirPods and the AirPods get there the next day. And so I got a text that said my AirPods were there, but they weren't in my bail box. And, uh, <laughs> uh, it turns out they were, uh, yeah, off, uh, off in my old address. This does seem like a more boring story than now as I'm saying it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever get them back, though? Yeah, so, okay, so, well, yes, I did get everything. Uh, Yeah, so I got those. What? No, so this, okay, no, this is a fun story. Okay, damn it, you made me doubtful of myself. (laughs) Okay, because... Like I said, I'm becoming a meaner person. I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So, like, I tried to call that apartment complex, and they didn't do anything. And I'm like, well, okay, UPS isn't supposed to hand shit over unless you sign for it. So, you know, that shouldn't be there. Um, And and I was right. The UPS driver somehow got my phone number and texted me and was like, hi, my name's Charlie. I have a package for you, and I don't think you live here anymore. And so that guy was nice. Um, and so he, you know, I, I, he got it sent back in to UPS and he wrote on the package, the address that it's supposed to go to the people that work at UPS did not look at the package. And so then they sent me a very angry voicemail where they're like, if you don't pick this up in two days, we're gonna, we're a fucking gonna send this back. <laughs> we're going to take it outside and we're going to stomp and- <laughs> on it and send you a video. So I had to drive to this fucking like warehouse the customer center for UPS, which is oh, like that's out. Always the worst. Let me tell you, it's not in a normal place. It's like no. it's like in the fucking. It's the okay. It's in the same part of Des Moines as the jail. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> like <laughs> the only times I have been, yeah, in that part of town at all in the last several years has been when I was helping bail out protesters. So <laughs> that was <laughs> a weird experience. Um, so I did that. 
And then I was like, okay, well, so I submitted a, like, thing being like, hey, this is my new address. Please don't send the fucking $2,000 laptop uh, to my old address, please, for the love of God. Yeah. And Apple's like, well, you got to talk to UPS about that. And UPS is like, that well, sounds you got to like talk to... sounds like a lot of not our problem. <laughs> and UPS is like, man, you got to talk to Apple about that. And so I, I just have this request that's, like, from Apple being supposedly being sent to UPS, and everybody's assuring me that... Yes, it says it's going to the wrong address, but it will get adjusted before it arrives. And I'm like, okay, I trust you. I should not have trusted them. Oh, um, and so then I get a text and it's like, haha, we we delivered your your laptop. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> they did not. <laughs> so I'm like, shit. Now you would think a two thousand dollar package, right? They wouldn't hand that over without a signature, right? You would think. Yeah, you would. You would be mistaken. Um, so they they gave it to the resident at my new at my old apartment <laughs> from two years ago, and the only reason I ended up with this fucking package is because that person, out of the goodness of their heart, found me on Facebook and were like, "Hey, I think I have your package," and I had to drive all, like forty minutes out to my old apartment to go pick it up. That sucks. That could yeah. have gone so poorly. So much worse. I, what I've taken away from that is I'm like a deep like Rousseau person now that I think mm-hmm. humans are inherently good and it's bureaucracy that makes them evil. Because it's, <laughs> it's like it's like the UPS driver Charlie uh, and the former and the current resident of my former apartment, lovely people. Every yes. bureaucrat involved in the process of that, <laughs> vile, terrible, lost their humanity. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I think that's a, actually a fair assessment. Uh, I buy it. But you have your laptop, and you got a new MacBook. Yeah. And you got some AirPods that came with it. Yeah. So. Oh, then <laughs> I lost the, the charging case for the AirPods for like three days. Jesus. <laughs> I've been losing my mind. I like, like, I think I've been like in a similarly shitty headspace that you've been, but for the dumbest yeah. reasons. Not, like, for good reasons, just, like, completely self-created, like, dumb problems. I, I feel that. I feel that. I, I will say one one point of pride for myself is I have never lost anything related to my AirPods. Because I, I bought them a bit uh, last, about a year ago now. Yeah. And I bought them, I'm like, you know, these are great. They're going to be great. I'm going to enjoy them for a couple months, and I'm going to lose them. It's going to yeah. happen. I. I will lose one of them or I will lose the case or it'll be something and the whole thing will disappear. But no, we're a year in still intact. Never lost any of them. I lost mine for like, it was in a weird, it was in the dumbest spot ever. It was just at my girlfriend's place under like some papers. So what I, what I, what I found was that the, uh, the, uh, like the pocket watch pocket in jeans is the perfect size for your AirPod case. Hmm. So I keep it there. Or I have like one of the wireless charging pads at work. Oh yeah. So it's either in my in that pocket or it's on the charging pad. Yeah, I the reason I was like never gonna buy AirPods was because I knew I would lose them, but they came mm-hmm. free, so I was like, oh fuck it, you know. But I I was always See, like, no, I'm never gonna spend a hundred dollars on some ear earbuds because I I lose like wire earbuds all the fucking time. Right. And they have wires. Well, so I, I went ahead and, and I, I bought the pros for the very reason that, you know what, I'm spending all this money on them and I'm sure as hell not going to lose them if I spent all this money on them. 
and turns out it worked. <laughs> That's great. So uh, this is a, this yeah. is our ad for Apple, essentially. Yeah, I, I guess. Um, ha- having you know, the Mac. Free, if this... you're listening, shout out. Thanks for all you do. Except the thing with my ex. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> having this new MacBook, though, is, like, really great because my MacBook that I had before this, I've had for, like, I had, like, for six years. And that, that was, like, the whole first era of this podcast the first like few months of this podcast i was mm-hmm. non-stop dealing with technical issues with that because the screen was going out yeah and it was oh, just yeah. yeah i just decided i was like you know what this is probably a dumb use of student loans but i'm about to use student loans to buy a new laptop and i did <laughs> nice nice I, i'm doing all this on my 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 gaming pc that i don't That's ever dope. play video games on that's dope. So it's, uh, it's way overkill. Uh, I used to use this for video editing, but now I don't. I don't do videos anymore um, <laughs> because I've been been you know shoved headlong into the hell that is management. So I you know don't actually get to do the things that I like to do. I just tell other people to do them and then watch them have fun. Um, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it's great. It's really great. Um, but yeah. So now I've just got this uh, this gaming PC with you know. Uh, 1080 uh, 32 gigabytes of ram and all that and i uh, i sometimes i stream podcasts and uh use the web browser nice yeah so i'm a an og mlg gamer bro and uh that's like my thing now that's good thanks thanks sometimes i play uh europa universalis so i feel ya um well i i use this to play rimworld (laughs) Now and again oh so. yeah hey we gotta do that again sometime <laughs> there we go if i, if I want to lose another eight hours <laughs> i had to stop playing rimworld to be clear yeah i i did too the only way i justified it is i i went through a lot of uh a lot of audiobooks while playing rimworld that was like the only thing i was like it's kind of like i'm reading the, my problem was like i got really into it too like yeah. and I know when we we when we played together, I, I feel like I was far more intense about it. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I was like, no, we need these assignments in this order, and you're doing that. That's that's my thing. I if I get focused on something, that's like yeah, I get that. You know, I'll starve myself Dude, for weeks to do it. Have but, you played your Have you played Europa before? No. You never. You shouldn't ever. Okay, cool. You you would you would lose like you would lose days. No, like Josiah, like, I kid you not. When I got Rimworld, I bought it on a Friday evening. By Monday morning, I had put in forty hours. I did something pretty similar. Let me tell you though, I mean this. Europa's worse. Good God. The th- the only thing that keeps me from really like doing it anymore is i'm so bad at it because it's so hard it is a it is a game that they consider you a beginner until you've hit your hundred hour mark of playing it oh that's like god that sounds perfect (laughs) i know that's why you shouldn't you should not (laughs) oh man no that would that would break me um but you know if you can't tell this episode is about flat earth So, so Josiah, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Guinness out of a tankard that my girlfriend bought me at a Renaissance fair. I am drinking a Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest out of a bottle that I purchased for myself at the local (laughs) Hy-Vee. 
I I don't feel bad about all that rambling there because we don't have an interview for exactly. a guest right now. So that's that was our interview. Right. This is the the meaningless rambling at the beginning. Mm-hmm. No, that works. That works. That works. That works. All good things. Well, yeah. So today we're talking about the flat Earth uh, society, as we said, um, which is I would say yeah one of our one of our uniting like it's been mm-hmm. in the background in the same way MK Ultra has, and we just haven't gotten there. Yeah, it's it's very near and dear to our hearts. Uh, it was one of those episodes that, like, it's the first thing that comes to mind. But we're like, no, we need to we need to get some episodes in, get some practice down, so we can really do it justice. Yeah, uh, which we won't. But we <laughs> no, like to I don't think, think that at so. least we're we're more prepared <laughs> than we otherwise would have been. We've got discussion yeah. questions, so you know yeah. it's good. <laughs> one of them is just science with five question marks. But you do know. we trust it? <laughs> Which the answer is obviously no, so not much of a discussion. But no, no. you know, we try here at Very Legal, Very Cool. But yeah, this is uh, this is one of the episodes, kind of like MK Ultra, where we do truly like a history of crazy wackos of suicide of of pseudoscience and 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 grifters. My then favorite. People things. say mean things to us on Discord for not having any guests. Yeah, why do they always do that? I don't know. I don't know, but it hurts. almost ever <laughs> which is well well jared how, how how did you first interact with the with the flat earth how do you how do you learn that the globe heads were all shills well i think that i learned about the flat earth in the way that many of us learned about the flat earth in that we were told at young as young children that uh, christopher columbus himself created the round earth theory and that at that time everybody else believed that the earth was flat yeah and that's uh that was my introduction much like i i assume most people's introduction but then we you know you you grow up you realize oh that's not actually the case turns out you know we figured that out a long time yeah. ago yeah it in, turns uh, out the, Gr- the greeks had models yeah. Yeah. yeah turns out really very shortly after we discovered the whole math thing uh it all kind of fell together you know you kind of come out of that but then Man, I don't even know what year this would have been. Probably the the early 2010s, I guess. Actually, I don't I don't know what my first touch point was. Just that we had found this Facebook page, requested an invite, got let in, and just it's like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. <laughs> um, I I remember the Facebook page, but I don't remember if that's exactly. I remember what I remember best was looking at the forums. On yeah. um, one of the websites we'll be talking about later, um, I, it was either the Flat Earth Society dot org or t- tfeh or yeah. tfes dot org. Um, but I remember that, and I remember just this like dawning moment where we were both like, "These people like believe this." Right, where <laughs> you go in, you you assume that it's all kind of a just a big bit, or that it's like just a couple absolutely insane people that that are doing all this, but then you realize there's like, you know, 10,000 people on this page and they're all pretty active. And this just, this is, they're either really, really committed to a joke or. Yeah. I mean, well, I think part of it is like you and I started like looking at this stuff really, really 
early. I'm hesitant mm-hmm. to say early because in a sense, as we're going to get into this episode, it's a really old thing. But we, we um, were looking into it before B.O.B. did his B.O.B., yeah. And we'll come like, back to that. quite a bit but before. That, that's when it became like a meme. And yeah. it was like a thing that everybody knew. At the time, it was it had this sense of being underground. I remember mm-hmm. that. Like, now yeah. it feels kind of mainstream. Right. Um, Once the Netflix documentary comes out, it's all kind of... Yeah. yeah, but this was a time when it was like, we uh, we felt like anthropologists discovering these weirdos online. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... Yeah. <clears throat> I just still can't get over, like, all the memes. Because, like, mm. imagine, you know, the early 2010s and the quality of meme... <laughs> but like just so much comics. worse. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like a specific example, but my, I think my that face my brain went just round earth. <laughs> I can't has round earth. <laughs> <laughs> no me gusta. <laughs> it was a weird time. It was a weird time. God, <laughs> it was a weird enough underground thing that I would blab to friends about it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I think I was known as the guy that was really into this, but I didn't believe it. I was just fascinated by it. Right. I remember I'd actually convinced, um, convinced some of my friends to join that page. Oh, and I yes. told my dad about it even. And he did not believe me that, uh, mm. he did not believe me that these people actually believed it. Yeah. Like to the point of being a, like a point of contention, like, no, I promise, I've seen them. They're real, Dad. They're real. <laughs> They're real. <laughs> I've seen them. Yeah, so it got to a point, like, I was uh, I was actually in a punk band in high school, late late high school, so, like, my senior year of high school, uh, that was that was called The World is Flat. And, like, yeah, it was, like, an emo punk band. It, it was whatever. But um, I think the, f- the weirdest thing ever was, like, we, we broke up late 2016, 2016 is when B.O.B. dropped Flatline. And so this name that at the time I thought was this reference to this very underground thing that I'd discover turned into such a tacky, like, meme mm-hmm. kind of name that I just despised it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that that whole thing was wild because you still had pretty much the same. And this is when all the pages became a lot less fun because mm-hmm. then it just got inundated with people like us who were there just to people watch um, yeah. or just to like you know start fights um, one yeah. thing that i distinctly remember is just how um ban happy <clears throat> the all these pages were like they would just in an instant you say even even like fellow flat earth people who didn't get all the points of flat earth right <laughs> uh, they would just instant out and like yeah. the it was great because the the leaders of these pages, the the moderators and that, they were like, oh my god, like drunk with power and influence, right? Because all of I remember one specifically, he had like this video blog, and people would see him as like this this uh, expert, and he he really drove the narrative, and anybody that went against his narrative, instant out. And this was a big page too. We're talking, I think there were, I think there were like more than ten thousand people, if not even more than that yeah um (laughs) but (laughs) yeah and it was just like he would post videos of himself fighting with people in real life like going up to people and starting fights there was one in particular where he had found some nasa astronaut somebody that worked for nasa um who had worked on some of the obviously space projects and just getting into fights with him 
to the point where the guy was just like, leave me the fuck alone. And it was just great. It was great, great content. But yeah, I love the in, the sectarian infighting that started like breaking out in those pages. Like oh, it yeah. felt like reading about like fifth century Christianity where they're <laughs> like, ah, you said uh, the, the father and the son are of one essence. But in fact, it's of one substance. Time to send you to the fucking stake. Like it was just the most. How like, dare esoteric. you say there's no ice wall around the earth? <laughs> yeah, burn in hell, me aphocytes. <laughs> God, was, the ice wall theory bizarre. always pissed me off because that's that's just such an easy one, right? Like, yeah, just just go, just go there. Surely, if if uh, if you believe it this much, that's the thing with most of this. It's it's pretty cheap to uh, to disprove these things. Yes, um, and actually, like, I, I we'll probably talk about him in the end, but I maybe a good place to start too with all this is one of the guys who tried to do that, which is Mike Hughes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike Hughes was a uh, daredevil and flat earth activist who, um, well, he built a homemade rocket and he did it once in like 2018, 2017. I don't remember. He did it once successfully, mm-hmm. but he didn't uh, get up high enough to see whether the earth was flat. Right. Um, and then he tried again uh, and he died. <laughs> like, like he died... Yeah, and, and, and yeah. it's kind of like seen like a uh, like a martyrdom to um, the oh, lot no of the question. flat Earth folks. Like actually, if you go to um, tfes.org, the flat Earth Society.org is what it stands for. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused though with the flat Earth Society.org because there was a schism in ah. the mid two thousands. But their their most recent post was from twenty uh, February twenty third of twenty twenty, and it's it's Mad Mike Hughes an untimely departure, and it's like a a brief uh, eulogy for him. Huh. Um. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's that's so wild to me because you know cameras exist, right? Right. He could have just bought like a weather balloon, and a camera. I just want to read Mike Hughes' uh, eulogy, and then we'll get into the history. Oh, perfect. Here. Uh, Yesterday, the Flat Earth Movement has lost a dear friend. Michael Hughes, inventor, daredevil, and self-proclaimed madman, has taken one final leap into the sky in a self-constructed steam-powered rocket as part of a Science Channel series he was a star in. Uh, He lost his life in a tragic accident. A Guinness World Record holder for the longest limousine ramp jump, Mike never shied away from controversy and danger. It coursed through his veins. His bold, outspoken attitude will be greatly missed by all. Our thoughts and prayers go out to his family in these trying times. It is my hope that Mike has found whatever it was he was looking for in this crazy world. Godspeed, Michael, you glorious bastard. I, I hope that Mike, uh, that he found the flat heaven. <laughs> well... Many probably would be surprised. I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people know the Flat Earth Society in a post BOB world. Uh, they know about it. I, I mean, really, like they, they post twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yes. Like yes. Hundred well, percent. <laughs> I know that was a funny way to put that, but especially because I think it's it's looped together with like this post truth era Trump era stuff. That's kind of how it's seen. But this is actually really fucking old. Turns oh, out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so actually All the way our back story to Columbus. Yeah, no. Uh, actually our story starts in the 1800s. It starts in the 19th century and it starts with our good friend Samuel Robottom. <laughs> Robottom. Nice. Samuel Robottom, so he was he okay, he dropped out of school at age 9. Uh <laughs> 
<laughs> Which is an easy joke. Um, he's a weird dude. So for one thing is, like, obviously he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about. Obviously. Right. But he was really good at debating. And that's, like, the thing I kept running into when I was looking at this. He was just a damn good debater. And so scientists would be really frustrated because if he would get... Cu- he would kind of con them into these public debates and they would lose the debate, even though they were right and had the information because he was just, he had that good, like, I mean, I don't have a recording of him cause it's from the 19th century, but like, sure. I imagine like a, like a Ben Shapiro. I was going to say, yeah, he just like can talk fast. He, he knows how to make those really good jabs. He, he was a good talker. Um, and so he went around and he made a small fortune uh, from, you know, doing these speaking tours where he was claiming that the Earth was not a globe, according to his pamphlet and book title. Mm. Um, he was convinced apparently his whole life that the Earth was flat. And he, he kind of got started in this. This is a whole rabbit trail that I don't want to go in. I, I, I would love to go into. This but episode we don't have time. has been nothing but rabbit trails. It is going to be far. so many rabbit trails. There's so many rabbit trails in this. But he was an organizer for an Owenite commune. If you're not familiar with that, that's a utopian socialist movement from the 19th century. Go look up Owenism sometime. It's a good time. But I just want to know what the fuck he was doing there. But he he was able to have a lot of time on that commune. And so he was able to do uh, some science experiments. And one of those is the famous experiment. And when I say famous, I mean famous among certain sections of the internet that will obsessively talk about it. In a very, very specific context. (laughs) The Bedford Level Experiment. The gist of this, without getting into it, because this is not a science podcast, goddammit, was... Some might say an anti-science podcast. It is an anti-science podcast. So basically the gist was he just got into some water and he looked with a telescope over a long distance and then hopefully, like, if there was a curvature to the Earth, supposedly, he would not be able to see a thing after a certain distance. But lo and behold, he was able to see the thing. That's the gist of the experiment. Uh, without going into too much detail, sounds um, pretty cut and dry. Pretty cut and dry, because if you think about it, if the Earth's uh, if the Earth's uh, got a curve to it, then you know if it's going in a straight line, your vision, then you're not going to be able to see something after it gets hidden by the curve. That's true. And this is all part of his whole new new type of approach to science called uh, zeteticism, uh, which is stupid. Uh, it's stupid. The whole gist. Uh, <laughs> so the. <laughs> Well, let's yeah. not uh, let's let's, let's not, not yeah. color the audience's opinion, but okay. So normal science, uh, <laughs> although it doesn't even really work this way, but you know, the, traditionally, science is like you know, you ask a question, you make a hypothesis, you go mm-hmm. and you run an experiment, and if that fits with the hypothesis, then your hypothesis is supported by the evidence. Yeah, and you make he, like a he, big poster board thing for it, and maybe you'll yeah. win like a gift card. Exactly. Uh, Zeteticism rejects that, and they say you shouldn't have a hypothesis in the first place. Or a poster board. Exactly. If you have that hypothesis, then you're, you know, you're coming in with, with biases and whatever. And so that's what he believes is happening with the globe, the globe heads (laughs) Mm -hmm. is they're, they're, they're coming in with this pre, pre pre-assumed like conclusion and they're not doing real science. Yeah. Um, If you have an assumption that the earth is a certain way you've already kind of you've you've brought in biased data and so yeah. you're 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 building on a shitty foundation i think he's right it, it's like descartes 
Yeah, um, kind of. Uh, exactly the same. It. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, I will say, in a sense, this is a way of looking at the world from the 18th century that scientific method moved past and slowly a lot of other sciences and studies moved past because it mm-hmm. just you you always have a bias right like <laughs> you can't you can't reinvent the wheel every single time you do something right like right. if you always have to start it's just it's just not going to work then yeah, you, you never is... get past those entry level things so you got to make some yeah. assumptions you got to you got to say well we're just going to we're going to pretend this is real yeah you you have to work within paradigms and stuff um that's your that's your thomas kuhn uh approach to science if you if you want to get into the philosophy mm-hmm. Not but to be anyway confused with the philosophies of thomas raccoon which involves yeah. a lot of hand washing <laughs> and garbage <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so he approaches it with z- uh, zeteticism, and he goes around, he does a bunch of speaking tours, uh, and he creates the Zetetic Society, which, uh, besides advocating for a flat Earth, also advocated that only facts one could prove themselves could be accepted as true. And on the side, Robotum also began going by Dr. Dr. Samuel Burley, um, I- and... Made a bunch of money selling people on Kirols and life extenders of his own invention, among other activities. <laughs> Well, and you can only count them as effective if you can prove them to be true. Exactly. And, you know, who who was he to say whether they worked or not? Because that was on the other people, the the customer, the consumer, to prove for themselves the validity of the Kirols. One of my favorite parts of the 19th century story of the, you know, Flat Earth Society is this mm-hmm. guy named John Hampton becomes a big fan of Robotum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he loves the Bedford level experiment. He thinks it's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it, and it is, he, to be clear. It is. He makes a wager, like, he, he wants to make a wager with somebody that he could repeat it. Uh, and mm-hmm. this, this scientist, Alfred Russell Wallace, takes him up on the wager and he says, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. But one thing, you have to change the experiment with just one thing one small thing which is the object that you're trying to see and the uh the telescope you're using need to be raised up a little bit higher because he reckoned that the the reason that the whole curvature thing wasn't working was because the light was getting refracted Mm. yeah so hampton took him up on it lo and behold the experiment didn't work because it was because of refraction Hampton yeah, refused that, to pay. I believe that scientists made up refraction as a way to hide <laughs> us from God's message of flat Earth. So you can take your refraction and shove it up your ace. <laughs> My favorite part of this whole thing is Hampton refused to pay. He's like, oh, you, you fucking cheated. You messed it. You he cheated. started publishing pamphlets claiming that Wallace was cheating. All this shit. And it ensued in this long legal battle over libel, and it ended up with Hampton in prison because he started making death threats against Wallace. <laughs> I love that Some story. might consider him a sore loser. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of sets the stage for exactly what happens with all this stuff, because, like, I don't know, uh, like... In theory, zeteticism, sure, but in practice, not at all, because they are really holding to this idea that they this hypothesis that they have 
mm-hmm. they get very mad whenever it's de- demonstrated that it isn't true. Oh, yeah, because it's not about... It's anything where it becomes almost religious, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you attach an ism to it. They're not really arguing whether or not it's true. People aren't trying to find the truth. Because if they were, they'd be done. Um, they're just... They've, they've already decided what they believe, and they are digging down. They're, they're defending it. Absolutely. Which is a problem in science also. Like, sure. That, that should be clear. Absolutely. Um, and to be sure. clear, we believe that there is just 50-50 weight on each side. No, 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 to no. To be no. very clear. Uh, <laughs> we think that uh, anything that you can say or think deserves weight just because you said or thought it. I, I would say we're the Especially if you're actually, loud. <laughs> that's true. Where this problem's the worst, I think, is actually in the social sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, have you like heard about the replication crisis? No. Oh, that we could do a whole episode on the replication crisis. Sometimes nice. it's super interesting. Basically, a bunch of the social sciences, specifically psychology, uh, started to replicate a lot of the like ground laying experiments. Not just like random experiments, but like the famous ones mm-hmm. that like laid the ground for a lot of theories. Uh, and they can't be replicated. <laughs> and so they're like, shit, we've built a lot of body of knowledge on top of these experiments that are not true. And that is why Zetetism is important and why we yep, should bring it back. I think we should. So, you know, moving on. Uh, eventually, our good friend Robotum dies. Um, and the Zeta, the Zetetic Society, Universal Zetetic Society, mm-hmm. uh, is inherited by Lady Elizabeth Blount. Um, she's interesting, but not really. Didn't really do a bunch of crazy shit. She really doubled down on the religious fundamentalism side of this. So that's mm. that's important because that's going to take a huge role in all of this. And why this episode is kind of a really good follow up to the creationism because. In a lot of ways, Flat Earth is kind of a mirrored a mirrored trajectory to Young Earth creationism. It just didn't get the same like attention that Young yeah. Earth creationism did. And that's really the only thing changing the difference. But um, anyway, so she doubled down on that kind of stuff. She did some experiments similar to the Bedford experiment, but with like photography. Mm-hmm. She replicated the Bedford experiment a few times, ignoring uh, the Wallace thing. Of course. Um, Yep, she's like, see, I can replicate it. And Wallace is like, well, yes, I know, but that's not what we... Anyway. Uh, <sighs> and with that, this theory just kind of declines into obscurity. The society kind of disappears. And in theory, that would be the end of the story. You would think. You would think. This episode of Very Legal, Very Cool is brought to you in part by science. Do we trust it? we not should you should you not well who knows uh very legal very cool uh we believe that the only kind of science is the kind that you can see with your own eyes if you can't prove it in person then it's not real much like you the listener whom i cannot see is not real thanks for listening to very legal very cool we're glad to have you here even though you're just kind of an imaginary thing that i can't prove with my eyes If you, too, would like to buy this sort of fanatical denialism, use the coupon code in the the show notes.
figure that out all day. But I was really hungry, so I stuck it in the microwave and I ate it. Um, and we'll see what comes of that. Oh, it was delicious. <laughs> and on that note, in 1956... <laughs> oh... So we thought that was the end of the story, right? We thought we thought that that the the Universal yep. Zetetic, Zetetic Society being gone was the end, but it you wasn't assumed the that end. Flat Earth died there and then. There and then, but it fucking didn't. It didn't because in 1956, the International Flat Earth Research Society was founded. Uh, we're gonna call that. The Flat Earth Society from here on out because I mm-hmm. don't want to have to say that whole thing. And I there find really that I isn't always... another. Well, there yeah. is now, but there wasn't another, so... Yeah, yeah. I All of the Flat Earth societies are kind of, um, I don't know, inheriting each other in a way. So, like, they yeah. really are just the Flat Earth Society. Anyway. They're not as different as they'd like you to think. No. Um, so there's this dude, Samuel Shenton. In the 1920s, he claims to have invented an airship that would rise into the atmosphere and remain stationary until the Earth spun westward at 100 kilometers an hour... Uh, to the desired destination at the same latitude, okay? hmm And he's like, man, how did nobody come up with this idea before me? Right. And so he started doing some research, and it turns out that someone named Lady Elizabeth Blount came up with a similar idea at one point. Ooh. And so he starts reading the writing of, of her later life, and it turns out that she was really into this thing called zeteticism. Hmm, where have we heard that before? Oh no, fuck. So, turns out... (laughs) (laughs) Which is exactly what he said. (laughs) And he stumbles across all this body of knowledge about the the flat earth. And like a really bad Zetetic, he uh, used it to base his his cosmology on. (laughs) (laughs) On Genesis, <laughs> it was the end of that sentence. Yeah, he's, he's like brilliant science, not having any preconceived notions. Well, you know what doesn't have any preconceived notions? The, the Bible. Bible. <laughs> uh, and so this dude began a bunch of activism, and then in 1956 started the Flat Earth Society as we know it. Oh um, yeah. And I think this manifestation of the Flat Earth Society is really fascinating because, in theory, according to them, this one is going to be less committed to religious fundamentalism than the 19th century one. Which is kind of a bummer, but... But in reality, it was more so. And the the reason I say it was more so is because, think about this time-wise. It's founded in 1956. The rest of this century is non-stop scientific discoveries about space. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, if you know your history, like the, the 60s and 70s, and eight, like it's just all sci- it's space shit. And so it becomes more fundamentalist because he has to spend this whole time arguing with people about this and like doubling down on this like fundamentalist Christian approach to things. This is the parallel to like the young earth creationism stuff as well, because he... Uh, he goes out, he's, he's interacting with people and he's, he's doubling down, yeah, on this, this religious science that we can do science with religious groundwork. Um, this mm-hmm. is Ken Ham in a way, you know, it's exactly this is Ken like Ham. the OG. Yeah. This is OG Ken Ham. 
Actually, this is probably around the yeah, same time that um, that new geology and stuff like that was happening for the creationist movement. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, there, there are up. a lot of parallels. I mean, the question I keep wanting to come back to is, is why did they not succeed in the same way that young earth creationism did succeed? I mean, I think that there is a pretty obvious answer to that being there's so much more plausible deniability for young earth mm-hmm. than there is flat earth. Because, yeah, like, I think flat so. earth almost anyone can pretty easily prove by themselves, uh, like actually prove it with what they can see um, in the true Zetetic way. Mm-hmm. But Young Earth, unless you're a scientist, you, you can't really independently prove that. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. I think, I think for Except Flat by, Earth, you, you know, have to... seeing stars. Right. You, you have to buy, <laughs> buy into a much bigger conspiracy theory, I think, uh, to be a yeah. flat earth, uh, earther than you do to, uh, to be a creationist. Um, right. And, and I will say the Bible is much more explicit about things that could support young earth than flat earth. Like all the, all the evidence for flat earth in the Bible is like hilarious. Like, oh mm-hmm. no, he said the, the four corners of the earth. And idioms don't exist. Like it's, it's got, yeah, it's because it's got the parallel though too. I would say because like uh, on the other hand, yeah, young earth creationism is like it's obvious that it's in the Bible, but it was pretty much never read literally until the creationists rolled around. Um, right. Yeah, that, that's a thing that they they really try to ignore is like most of the church fathers and medieval Christianity was not interpreting creationism literally. Um, right. Right. But yeah, but you're right to say like if you picked up a Bible and you never knew anything about Christianity, you would not come to the conclusion the earth is flat, but you could probably come to the conclusion that creationism is the case. Sure, sure. So yeah, as I was saying, like the Flat Earth Society is like a really bizarre timing because like think about it. So they're founded in 1956. What comes right after that? Sputnik in 1957. It's a year later and suddenly there's people like, yeah, we sent a satellite into space <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Can't. It's not how this works. It's all density, man. In 1962, John Glenn was the first American to fly around the whole Earth. Um, no, he wasn't. Sorry. No, he wasn't. Uh, yeah, he's all. He's a whole interesting rabbit trail too. He's he's kind of a piece of shit. You know, like smart guy, but like raging sexist. Um, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. And anyway, um, but after he did that, the Flat Earth Society sent him a membership in the mail and attached to it was just a little letter that said, okay, wise guy. Hilarious. <laughs> just fucking got his ass, dude. <laughs> I, I have to believe that the Flat Earth Society was way better back then, just way cooler. Um, <laughs> I think so, because now it's just like weird online. Like, like yeah. I want the, <laughs> you know, the, the meme format where it's like the like tiny little dog, doge dog, and then like mm-hmm. the big buff one. Yeah. I want like ni- 19th century <laughs> flat earther. Like, <laughs> I went and tried to punch somebody in Apollo 11 versus like the little shriveled, like I fought somebody in a YouTube comment section. <laughs> the Chad 20th century flat earther versus. <laughs> well, really, the, the Chad, the Chad uh, flat earther is the 19th century one. Just like, yeah, I'm living on a socialist commune and I'm like, <laughs> I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sending death threats and going to prison. <laughs> I'm fucking getting arrested for libel. I'm trying to duel scientists. <laughs> As God intended. Uh, so carrying on, uh, the Gemini 4 mission happened in 1960. 
1965. In 1966, Shenton produced a pamphlet saying, uh, Modern astronomy and space flight are insults to God, and divine punishment for humankind's arrogance is a mere matter of time. I'm always saying this. <laughs> and also... Look around, people. Yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, this is basically Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Exactly. <laughs> it's very clear. Very clear I, I do think, yeah. Everything yeah, think that we, we have done up. is because of man's arrogance and the belief that we could fly. Uh, so then, what yeah. what COVID-19 is. <laughs> Apollo 8, 1968, um, of course. Uh, before its launch, Shetton was interviewed, and he said, uh, If they show us a clear picture of the Earth from space, and the picture does not show all the continents, and the edge of the picture is out of perspective, then that would prove that the Earth is round. Oh, boy. Until then, we shall continue fighting to prove that the Earth is flat. So it pretty the much ended the there, right? Yeah, well, the pictures came back, and then he immediately claimed that they were doctored. <laughs> CGI. CGI. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. Well, because in a lot of ways, like, I, I mean, once you buy into the conspiracy, you you can completely go back on the Zetetic method that they were so proud of. I, I don't like, know. It, it works for everything. It's like, you know, I didn't see it. So then, of course, the big one, 1969, <laughs> uh, Apollo 11 happens. Um, and so everyone, again, comes to Shenton. Uh, at this point, membership is dwindling, by the way, because, you How? know, people are watching on TV, space shit is happening, and so people are getting rid of their Flat Earth Society memberships. So what? the press comes to, comes to Shenton, and he says, oh, of course, the astronauts were hypnotized into believing they went into space. Even with their training, those chaps wouldn't have the nerve to be fired off on top of an explosive, a rocket, and right. lack the observations they bring back as negligible. Hear me out here, though. 1969. <laughs> what else happened in 1969? Stonewall. Manson murders. LSD. Government uh. mind control. CIA. <laughs> Buddy. This goes way deeper than we had even previously thought. Yeah, that that is true. It, 69 is a crazy year, though, uh -huh. like, to be fair. Well, yeah, okay, it's, it's, so it's so convenient that they went to space the year they were also, you know, mind-controlling people with drugs. All I I'm mean, saying, Stanley Kubrick, bunch of astronauts, ton of LSD, they faked themselves a moon landing while also having the actors themselves believe that they were on the moon, which is, <laughs> that is how we solve the question of the everyone in on it. They were in on it. They, they thought they were there. We've just blown this whole thing wide open. We did it. It's not a hiatus. We're just getting hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jared's not going on hiatus. The CIA just assassinated him. My handler is pissed. So as I mentioned, they're losing membership around this time. Uh, membership of the society has dropped to 100 members worldwide. And on top of this, Shenton's health is deteriorating. Um, okay. And so he realizes he's going to have to to carry on, you know, the the dynasty. The the There's going to be a power vacuum in the Flat Earth Society. And someone's got to fill it. <laughs> someone's got to fill it. So he was becoming a big fan of this guy, Ellis Hillman. I think this is going to be one of those Jared has to hold me back kind of things because Ellis Hillman is endlessly interesting. Mostly because on Wikipedia, like when I was just doing like the basic research for this initially, I saw like, okay, yeah, he was briefly president of the Flat Earth Society. So I clicked his name 
And I didn't see the Flat Earth Society anywhere on the Wikipedia page. And I was like, this must be a broken link. Because this is not the same guy. But but it was. After I dug into it, it was the same guy. <laughs> I'm not going to stop Ellis, you. Ellis Hillman's perspective. Let's let's take this from his perspective. He was, uh, he was a British labor politician. He was mayor of the London Borough of Barnett. He was a uh, academic. He did... He did bunch of academic stuff uh he was born into a really political family he was related to sydney hillman the american labor leader and Chaim herzog who is the sixth president of israel very weird connections this guy was like born to be a politician in some regard and specifically a radical leftist politician because he got recruited into the revolutionary communist party and during this time he like, was writing to Leon Trotsky's widow. He was, like, a devout Trotskyist who was in contact with Trotsky's widow. Um, and part of the whole left opposition movement. Just very, like, communist kind of, yeah, person. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a big m- member of, like, the Socialist Review Group. All this weird stuff. So how the fuck did this guy, like, fumble himself into being the president of the Flat Earth Society? Well, I'm running off some iffy sources that I'll put in the show notes because I was trying to get to the bottom of this, and I I don't know about this source, so I'm going to definitely take all this with a grain of salt. But, um, okay, one of the primary sources I do have is a paper that Hillman wrote about the Flat Earth Society, because that's in the Flat Earth Society's archives. And basically, he was a big fan of the Flat Earth Society, but in kind of this, um, well, like, as we've acknowledged on the show, like, multiple times, like, our kind of, like, um, distrust of science uh, kind of thing we're talking about. Not we distrust an of science. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, anti-science. But, like, d- distrust of, of power and hegemony in science, whatever, right? Hegemony. He, he, Hegemony is also that's that's not a mispronunciation. Hegemony is also a pronunciation. No, hegemony is a mispronunciation. To be very oh, okay. clear, right. <laughs> but I'm glad that you well, thought that it wasn't. My my girlfriend is looking at me weird. It is pronounced hegemony, right? Hegemony. Hegemony is also correct, but it's, it's not hegemony. It's hegemony. It's hegemony. hegemony. Why are you emphasizing it like there's a J? I'm ed- emphasizing it like there's a J. A G. Hegemony. Sorry, it's hegemony. 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 It doesn't matter. (laughs) Hegemony. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to keep all that in. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, he he saw, Hillman saw the whole Flat Earth Society as kind of just satirizing that. Kind of like... How a lot of people see the Church of Satan as satirizing, like, um, misuses of religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he just kind of had this respect for them, but didn't share their beliefs. He just thought they were, like, kind of an interesting movement, representing some general distrust of uh, institutions. Right. And so, he put out a paper that was that way. As Shenton is dying, he's looking for his successor. And as the story goes, according to the iffy source... One day, Ellis Hillman is just doing his thing, and he gets a call from a journalist. And the journalist is asking for his statement on an issue relating to the Flat Earth. And he's like, why the fuck are you calling me? He's like, well, because you're the president of the Flat Earth Society. (laughs) (laughs) I want this to happen to me so badly. You don't even know. Like, this is... that. 
That's like the best call you can get. <laughs> just so he he sure enough finds that on the paperwork as Shenton is dying and he's in the hospital and stuff. He <laughs> Shenton had filled his name out as the successor to owning this organization. <laughs> but Shenton's wife did not like Hillman, did not trust Hillman. She believed that Hillman was not devoted to the cause. That makes sense. <laughs> that does he make wasn't sense. aware that he was supposed to be. <laughs> so when Shenton died in 1971, Hillman, knowing, knowing that Shenton's wife did not trust him at all, I guess had a sneaking suspicion. Again, this is coming from the iffy source, so I'm iffy on this. Had a sneaking suspicion some shit was going wow. to go down regarding his archives. And so he took a bunch of students and drove out to Shenton's, like, where Shenton lived and found that Shenton's wife was just shuffling stuff from his archives into a fire, trying to keep Hillman from inheriting the research that he did. Why? This is why I'm hesitant on fully believing this story, because it's so bad shit that I I don't know if I buy it. I choose to Um, believe it, to be clear. It's pretty good. So he did get a bunch of the works, and he actually sent them to the Science Fiction Foundation. Oh, that's why. um, Which is a very, I think, fitting fitting way for him to deal with wanting to archive this, but not wanting to necessarily, like, validate it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and also because the Science Fiction Foundation is pretty cool, actually. That This is the yeah. foundation founded by Arthur Clarke and Ursula Le Guin, who is like... Both of uh, which are super, pretty cool. Very cool authors, like, for sure. Like, intellectuals, not, you know. Mm-hmm. But after Shenton's death, Charles K. Johnson takes over as president. Um, I don't really fully understand how he ended up becoming president. Uh, this is a thing I just could not find the sources on. I'm assuming that Hillman was like, okay, I, I like stepped down because he's like i cannot right. i'm not yeah i don't want this i, I, I don't I, need I, this i don't believe in any of this <laughs> like, this is weird that I... i'm here in the first place <laughs> stop calling um, me i will not be your leader <laughs> uh so he so charles k johnson inherits a bunch of shenton's library from shenton's wife i think this is part of it is i i think uh she trusted Johnson more, and so that helped the power shift to happen better. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, and so he became the president of the International Flat Earth Research Society of America and Covenant People's Church in California, which I don't know anything about Covenant People's Church, to be honest. Same. I I think that's related to this in some way, but I hadn't been able to find much about it. Um, Well, in the true, very legal, very cool manner, we'll mention it, assume it's not important, and gloss over yeah, and it's probably like a whole key to understanding this story that I <laughs> right. <laughs> so Johnson is just he just ends up kind of being like the the figure that talks to the press a lot. He he doesn't really not a lot happens in this time anymore. He issues publications and hands out membership applications. That's about it. He was involved in a famous publication quotes around that called the Flat Earth News. Uh, which is a quarterly four-page tabloid. And Johnson was really doubling down on the religious fundamentalism side of this. Uh, Mm -hmm. He saw scientists as pulling a hoax, which would replace religion with science. That's true. Um, That's what they've been doing. Fun little, uh, like, news article I found with him. He was, like, interviewed about his beliefs, and he he goes on this rant about how the Church of England were all globeheads. That's true. Um, (laughs) I mean, I I assume that that is true. (laughs) 
But George Washington was a flat earther. I believe it. And so that was actually why the American Revolution happened. I believe that. I 100% believe that. (laughs) And then apparently, like, eventually a world government was going to be instated to tell the truth. Which is very mm-hmm. backwards, very backwards from your usual conspiracy right. thing. He's actually like ushering in like the Illuminati will tell us the truth. And yeah, so it's crazy that, that the uh, that the flat earther is a proponent of globalism. Very, yeah. <laughs> and so around he, he believes like around World War II, uh, like the original plan was that Roosevelt, Stalin, and Churchill are all going to shake hands, start a you know world order. And then they were going to announce that the world's fucking flat. And that's why the UN logo looks like the flat earth model. I buy that 100%, by the way. I I think that's true. I don't understand exactly what his claim is of why that didn't happen. I think Cold War disputes is why it didn't happen or something. But, you know, sometimes these just fall apart. You know, you make plans and they just don't work. There's a whole, like, people's history of, like, the flat earth society that could be done that I, you know, we don't have the ability to do right um because like okay so the flat earth society recruited a bunch of members by speaking out against u.s government and all its agencies particularly nasa Mm -hmm. much of the society's literature in its early days focused on interpreting the bible to mean that the earth is flat although they did try to offer some scientific explanations and evidence um they they pulled people in by like insulting the U.S. government during a time when the U.S. government was engaged in a lot of shady shit. Yes. So there's a whole really interesting, like, history from the bottom up perspective that you could mm-hmm. probably do on the Flat Earth Society that oh, I just, sure. I don't have the sources to do. Um, where it so might we'll be make very... fun of them instead. Exactly. But, like, I mean, kind of the Hillman, the Hillman kind of interpretation thing. Like, in a way, you probably could interpret the Flat Earth Society as, like, being less about the actual beliefs and more about this, like, distrust of institutions. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. That's an interesting thing to think about. Well, but, I mean, the, the distrust of institutions is pretty deeply ingrained in everything around this. Even, like, in all conspiracy, right? Like, if you take the QAnon stuff and all that, like... Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know... I'm sure that there's a lot that that the QAnon people believe that you and I would be like, well, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, it, it is that all of that stems from the distrust of institutions. It's not, mm. I and I think that that's that's more the issue for almost everyone than the science issue, because uh, science right. is kind of a it's a secondary effect of authority mm-hmm. and science science. Uh, as they see it, is one of the ways that authority exerts its control through what is essentially propaganda. Mm. Yeah, and I, stuff like Flat Earth and QAnon and all that is uh, is, a, is a way to speak out against it, I guess, or, or not, not to buy in to the, to the government um, trying to meddle in your affairs. Yeah, there's, there's kind of probably a whole Straussian reading of, like, the Young Earth creationist movement you could mm-hmm. do, too, where, like, it's really a, not about the science or whether or not evolution is true or not. Um, mm-hmm. It's really just about the the um, perceived secularization of society and yeah. panic over that. Well, I think that's 100% um, true because, you know, even, yeah. in, even in the same way that you can't convince them otherwise through any sort of, like, scientific... Uh, arguments yeah. or anything like you can you can show them the proof to their face and they'll still say no that's just yeah. what the government wants you to think right 
see the the end game of this a very legal very cool is where you and i convince our accidentally convince ourselves not only to believe in like QAnon and flat earth but just everything around there and we'll come out of this just like absolute conspiracy nuts yeah well i i think of the of the nishi quote you know, you stare long into the abyss and the abyss stares into you. <laughs> eventually one day uh, we'll be fully believing in this. Yeah, we've, we're, we're doing a lot of staring these days. So Last thing on the 20th century, um, in 1997, there's this big fire at Johnson's house. He claims that that's where all the membership cards went and that he actually had a lot of members around this time, but they all disappeared in the fire. But really, in reality, I think this movement was dying down quite a bit mm-hmm. um, by the 90s. And then Johnson himself dies in 2001. And again, you could say this should be the end of this story. Yet again, yes. But, but, the But before you try to curve it, do your research on David Irving. Stalin was way worse than Hitler. That's why the POTUS gotta wear a kipper. I'm a man first for an artist. Get a lawyer, look up Dr. Richard Sarda. Fans, flatline. You fools for the last time. I do have a lot of notes. I did a lot of research. It was good. It was fun. This was a fun research. Episode. You did. You did. You did. You did good. You did good. So you thought the Flat Earth Society was gone. Again. Again. <laughs> but they weren't. Because Again. This, this little thing got invented. Uh, the internet. And which... everything was worse. Yeah, everything got a lot worse. Uh, The the original sin of the 21st century, the internet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Brought in the era of the the Flat Earth Society that that Jared and I, I think, are most familiar with. uh, Before A part of, even. Even, yeah, we participated in, um, in some regards. So, in 2004, 2004, uh, a man named Daniel Shenton, no relation... To the other Shenton. Which is astonishing. That's not, that can't be that a common so last name. That is so weird. Right? So weird. Yeah. Well, he started the FlatEarthSociety.org, which was an online community, the beginning of the Flat Earth Society come back to life. Good old, like, HTML style, like, forum page with a wiki and some archives and all that. Oh, oh that's fun. It officially got, like, like, it was started in 2004, but it was, like, officially this relaunch in 2009 and they released like this this press release about the flat earth society and what they stand Mm -hmm. for which i'll put in the show notes and this is this is the moment where we kind of came in to this movement i don't really have a lot to say about this because this is kind of history in some way i I don't know like this is the stuff you will um that eventually swells into being what we see on the internet today um thomas dolby was a flat earther I, I should have probably mentioned him in the earlier thing. He's like the 80s musician, Thomas Dolby. He was the first know. guy. Oh, you! Uh, she Blinded Me With Science, that song. What? Yeah, he uh, he's a flat earther. That's um, a song? He, you've never heard that song? No. What? Uh, okay, pause. How How have you never... Okay, all right. This is all new to me. Like, I might recognize it if I heard it, but... It's like movies. And, I've I've seen like three movies. 
<laughs> You've seen three movies. Anyway, he's... Okay, he's a big musician. Um, from the 80s. I like <laughs> he this story. He had an album called Flat Earth, I think. Which somebody... And you mean I to was, tell me he was a flat earther? Yeah, but, like, everybody kind of thought it was, like, this weird artsy dude shit. Um, but it mm. turns out, no, he's oh, just, like... like when a, you did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um... <laughs> He uh, he was the first person to um, get a membership to the new Flat Earth Society of the 21st century. He was like the first guy to do it. He was oh, like nice. standing at, like standing outside, like camped the, out the week yeah. before. Right, right. Like fucking Black Friday, just yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like this online forum and wiki. And then I, I don't understand what the fuck happened here, but there was a schism in 2013. So you can find the flatearthsociety.org, which all there is left on it is just the forum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they might have some of some of the archives still around. Oh yeah, no, they have the archives. Um, and then you have tfes.org, um, which is where really the action's happening. Uh, right. that, that was That's the forum you and I. Yeah, you and I invaded that forum. That was the mm-hmm. one. But still, this was like a fringe internet thing for a long time until mm-hmm. Bob in 2016, B-O-B. and we come full circle releases um, a song called Flatline, which is a diss track against Neil deGrasse Tyson. (laughs) And a lot more. And a lot more. Um, I had not read the lyrics until, like, literally tonight. I've never heard the songs. I, like, yeah, because I I knew about it. it. The discourse was happening. I remember I was working at Target when the song came out, and suddenly a bunch of people, like the dumb guys that worked in the back room, were suddenly like, well, I don't know, Flat Earth, man. Like, that, that, I remember that. You should. You should know. (laughs) But I never had listened to the song, and it's about a lot more than the Flat Earth. I maybe would suggest some people get the lyrics and read through them at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like... Quite a bit more. Quite a bit more. So my f- one great like we've one. We've got the Masons in it. We've got lizard people cloning. We got to talk about the the big one. The, there is the big one. There's the okay. The, the I, I'm gonna one. read read a heliocentrism. Stan- no, no. Right oh, after right, helio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'll read this this stanza from a diss track. Mm. Um, Fuck you and your team. You can sit on the bench with them. They nervous, but before you try to curve it, do your research on David Irving. Stalin was way worse than Hitler. That's why the POTUS gotta wear a kippah. Okay, I, I don't know None a lot of this about rhymes. First no, off. no, it, you know it doesn't flow. <laughs> this is a uh, probably raising some iffy looks from people <laughs> listening. I think. You will confirm the iffy look if you go ahead and Google who David Irving is. If you're not familiar who he is with with him, he is a historian who lost a lot of credibility because he slowly transferred into being a Holocaust denier. Um, Mm. Pretty openly. Like, sometimes sometimes that, that term can be thrown around pretty loosely. But there was a point near the end of his career that he was being invited to speak at neo-Nazi conferences. Huh. So now, when there's a line following that that says, That's why the POTUS gotta wear a kippah. (laughs) 
there's a lot of stuff going on in here. There's a lot there's of there's uh, so much going on. <laughs> it's really a good read if you ever want to. Just a really baffling amount going on. There. Yeah. So that's the direction that the flat Earth movement, as we know it, took. Oh, here, let me let me. If and any somebody's doubtful of um, David Ir- Irving's um, anti-Semitism, because again, some people have tried to say he isn't. He has gone on the record saying things like nonstop. Um, I'm not gonna get into. But who's all to of say? Them, who's to but, say? My favorite one that I think will just get you, okay, like, I get it now. He, in 1994, Irving wrote a ditty that he was, uh, he, he composed for his young daughter to sing. Just mm-hmm. like a, like a, a nursery rhyme he wrote for her. And it says, I am a baby Aryan, not Jewish or sectarian. I have no plans to marry an ape or Rastafarian. So in case you were doubting. <laughs> Almost like two on the nose. <laughs> like, good lord. I think it's really, I, well, I think. that's cool. There's a whole episode we could do on Holocaust denial too. Because what's so interesting oh, about no Irving is his work started out as he was, his th- the type of Holocaust denial he was doing was claiming that Hitler did not know that the Jews were being exterminated. And if right. he had known, he would have opposed it, which is like, that's problematic, but not necessarily like full on Holocaust denial, you know, not in the way that you right. think like of. He was really busy during all that time. He had right. Other stuff sure. Going. You know, you could maybe miss just the millions it, of people being slaughtered. It is, but... <laughs> it is Holocaust denial by technicality, but it's not like claiming the Holocaust didn't happen. It was just yes. like, oh, it was a mix up. Um, right. We didn't mean to. <laughs> we didn't mean to. But <laughs> as you read, apples. He, he then goes on to say that he, at some point or another, he, he like went on and then he's describing like he described a group of protesters outside of his apartment one time as all the scum of the earth, the homosexuals, the gypsies, the lesbians, the Jews, the criminals and the communists. So huh. I, what I think is fascinating about a lot of Holocaust deniers is that on the one hand, they're like. No, we didn't mean to do the Holocaust. It didn't happen. But on the other hand, they're like, but it like totally should have happened. <laughs> like, as much as we wish it did. Like, no, it's uh, oh. it's something. There's a, you know, so one thing that we we did a lot when we were first diving into Flat Earth is we joined the Facebook pages, and we talked about this earlier. And mm. there is, unfortunately, this is kind of a, a come and gone era. You can't really do this so much anymore because a lot of these Facebook pages got banned in the last year or two. Um, so I, I don't think that the page that we followed exists anymore, and I don't really think that any sort of, at least under the name Flat Earth, there might be some that are um, like kicking along in smaller quarters of Facebook, but... That yeah. that era of like conspiracy Facebook group is kind of um, kind of by the wayside. They're still there, obviously, still going, it's, but not not in the val- volume that they used to be. No, and it's 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 a weird thing now because it's it's a meme also yeah. at this point. So it's really hard to tell who right. believes it and who's just saying it. Who's um, out there just larping. But there are people who do believe it still, of course, and that one of yes. those would be uh, Michael Hughes. And that is the uh, uh, the full coming circle of the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael Hughes built a rocket and died to try to prove this. Gave um, his life to the cause. Gave his life to the cause, a martyr, the cause. What he achieved? Nothing. But Nothing. nonetheless, no. 
a true martyr. Godspeed, you crazy bastard. Is that what they said? What did they say yes, at the end it of is. I hope you found what you were looking for. <laughs> this is faded now. Well, we didn't say this. So, but before we get in here, let's let's start because that I'm editing all that out of us talking about that. So yeah. Nobody knows right now what you're talking about. Ah, right. So we got a new <laughs> Patreon subscriber, and we're very excited. Except, <laughs> except we, uh, as much as we would like to to give them what they're owed as our ten dollar tier Patreon subscriber and that is ruthlessly talk shit about them on Twitter, we do not know their Twitter handle. And they yep. Uh, yep. they claim to be the real Donald Trump, which I am inclined to believe, except I feel like he should have given us far more money. Just throwing that out there, like, you got a lot, man. Um, yeah. If you're to be, yeah. be believed, quite a bit. So I think you could spare more than 10 bucks a month um, for very legal, very cool. We're okay with uh, being being funded by the real Donald Trump. We are okay with that. Um, just to be very clear. That's, well, that's, uh, that's what I had. Yeah. What? Uh, what's um? What's the name of this? Uh, what's What's Donald Trump's pseudonym? Yeah. So uh, obviously, couldn't go under Donald Trump because you know way too much recognition. So. Uh, so our, our friend is named Connie Lingus. <laughs> Connie Lingus. Uh, about some, some stuff about Connie Lingus based off of the Patreon... Uh, whatever. The Patreon, their account. Uh, about Connie Lingus. Love eating out, but let's not beat around the bush. Sometimes I suck at it. Follow for my next jaw-dropping joke. Hope it goes down well. Hilarious. Just top tier. Top tier humor. The best it's fucking so good. comedy. It's so funny. And I, I, I will say, though, very good to see that we are the only uh, the only Patreon that they that they donate to. So That's cool. It is cool. You know what? We, we appreciate that somebody went as far. Somebody being, you know, Daddy Trump. Um went as far <laughs> as to create an account just to give us money, um, even if they don't want uh, us to say mean things about them. We'll subscribe to our Patreon. Um, we'll say mean things about you. We'll say mean things us. about you. I think we've given Leo enough. I don't think we need to insult Leo. This is... Yeah, I think that he's run his uh, run his month. So, yeah. But we got another five-star rating, which we appreciate. We love We love it when people give us give us five star ratings because it validates the idea that we're perfect for uh for every apple review that you give us uh jared will give ten dollars to the charity of your choosing i will yeah you know what sure why not just reach out to us tell us what it is and please don't make it uh racist yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) qualifications apply well, yeah. There's a lot of asterisks here. You can't see them because we said it, but there are there are a lot of asterisks that uh, that popped up. Well, that leads us on to the uh, the next of the closing segments. 
was expecting you just to do the music. Uh, Twitter news. Are you fucking with me right now? Okay. This isn't, yeah, this isn't quite Twitter news, actually. So somebody neglected to, uh, to find any news. So instead, what we're going to do is uh, Josiah catches Jared up on Twitter because I'm on a Twitter hiatus. I mean, I don't know why you had to throw me under the bus like that. But yeah, I'll be honest I mean, with you. Not a lot has been going on on Twitter. So what I'm mainly going <laughs> to... God damn it, dude. <laughs> and that was Twitter news. No, it was not. Okay, <laughs> so I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna update with you with what I've posted on our account since you haven't been on. Oh, it. sweet, yeah. Let's hear Here's it. number one. I forgot Jared is taking a Twitter hiatus, so I am sole content producer for the VLC VLVC Twitter account right now. That's true. Yep. Here's the follow up. Ass, nice, good con, good solid content. That's exactly what I what I was hoping for. And then I uh, under that I uh, I put a link to a new Nick Lutzko video, which we have to watch because that's what happens whenever there's a new Nick Lutzko video. Obviously, I can't watch it because I have to go on Twitter. God damn it. That's like that's like saying you know. We just have to do a little bit of heroin because we used to do heroin together all the time. But you know what? How do I'm not going to give in. How do I send you the video without that? How do we? How do we? Uh, you know, remember the good times without doing heroin. Sometimes you just got to let things go. Oh, this looks like it might play in, in Discord. Protesters, you know what I say? Protesters, your ass. I don't talk about my ass. President Trump won't talk about his ass. President Trump won't talk about his ass. President Trump, we need to know. President Trump, we need to know. Tell us what you're hiding in your ass. Tell us what you're hiding in your ass. I'm the most transparent president probably in the history of this country that was so good that was so good thank you thank you well i mean i think I mean, I posted other tweets, but I think that's the gist. Um, that's about all that's going on. I think there's probably some fights going on on Twitter, but I haven't really been paying attention, to be honest. So that's I don't have much best. to catch you up on. Yeah. that means uh just plugs and we're out of here all right well you go first uh yeah i'd like to plug thomas dolby that was the musician you'd never heard of that, that was supposed to get a reaction but you know right right the uh the science guy yeah 
Yeah, it's on to you. I heard <laughs> that he wrote uh, an album about the Earth being flat called Flat Earth. I hate you so much. <laughs> Rumor has it he himself actually might have been a flat earther. I guess uh, I would I'll... like I would like to plug um, I would like to plug something I did actually. Okay. What's that? I would like to plug my short film uh, Mowing Man. It is mm. a Have you, have you seen it? No, I haven't. I'm a Hurtful. terrible friend. I Hurtful. need to watch it. Yes. But we have uh, we won People's Choice at a film festival. We are a finalist in yet another film festival. Uh, it is about life in the Midwest, about mowing your yard, and about a neighbor and a neighborhood that is a, uh, a lawn mowing cult that slowly abducts a young couple into their ranks. Um, That's awesome. So it's, uh, I, th- I think it's actually pretty good. And the reason I'm, I'm plugging it today, uh, you know, we released it last fall, but uh, tomorrow it is being screened at a drive-in movie theater. So oh, wow. we will be, That's awesome. uh, yeah, we, we will be watching it in cars at a drive-in movie theater. And that's, uh, that's Mowing Man. You can find the Mowing Man Facebook page on Facebook. And there is the actual film posted on the Facebook page on Facebook. Nice. And maybe I'll send Josiah a link so that he can actually put the link to it in the show notes. And then he can watch the short film that I slaved over last year. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'll watch it. I need to watch it. Yeah, you do need to oh, watch yeah. it. I do. All <laughs> no, right. but I, I think it's actually pretty good. So I'm, I'm. It's one of those things that I've made that I'm proud of. Oh yeah, co-made. It's awesome. Co-directed. That's awesome. Well, I guess that brings us to the end. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Very Legal, Very Cool uh, podcast, uh, written and directed by Globeheads. Um, the music Speak for yourself. is um, a garage band loop that I stuck a drum beat behind and you can find us at the legal be cool pod on Twitter or at www.verylegalvery.cool thank you so much I usually have everything say I don't remember I don't memorize passwords Uh, I have so many accounts to things I use auto-generated passwords do you have a you what do you have rival Patreon okay one second very legal very cool is brought to you in part by Josiah's imaginary girlfriend service Josiah will create a fake girlfriend personality and everything along with a complimentary twitter account so that you can engage with her online this girlfriend package comes included with several different sound drops things like making fun of you from a different room comes with scripts and templates for side conversations you could have with her during a podcast things like my girlfriend's making a comment she thinks that i'm pronouncing hemegemony wrong things like that and you can use this to make people think that you have a girlfriend for the low low price of 19.99 payments of 19.99 you too can have a real fake girlfriend made by josiah's imaginary girlfriends 